Welcome to the Heart of Man with the Lions of Judah. We are your hosts, Matthew and Josh. Let us begin in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, God, you you have have given given us Francis de Sales as a guide on the way to salvation. By his example and prayers, help us to trust in your loving providence and to follow your inspirations. May our lives show your gentle love to everyone we meet. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Francis de Sales. Pray for us. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to part two of Lover. Woo! Woo! Josh, how are you this morning? I am peachy. Just went on a run, almost threw up. Good. Wor- worked out, almost threw up. In an energy bar, did not throw up. <laughs> did Lexio Divina with a friend, and now here I am. It's popping. Yeah. On four hours of sleep, mind you. If you have no excuse. Yeah, I got three hours of sleep. Uh, yeah, you have twice <laughs> no excuse. I would say my morning consisted of I woke up at three, got ready for a little bit, about like 15 minutes or so. Then I came to the couch, and I journaled through some stuff that has come up in prayer. And then after that, I read some scripture. Um, and then I went to the Adoration Chapel for a holy hour. Mm-hmm. And then I came back and I did some reading for school. And then I, I also prayed the rosary with my girlfriend. And then I went and prayed morning prayer in the chapel at 730. And then I came back and started doing homework and now I'm here. Nice. Yeah, I mean, even our total number of hours of sleep combined is still not what they recommend. Boom. Seven. Get wrecked. Yep. <laughs> so, cool. Well, yeah, that was our mornings. So... I, I my morning been pretty good. It's only eight fifty four right now, so let's drop go. A, drop us some comments down below. Let us know how your morning went. Hey, uh, <laughs> don't forget to like and subscribe. Do they have com? Is there comments? I don't know. I don't think I don't know if they have comments. Yeah. Well, text us. Text us. You know you know who we are. <laughs> cool. Especially All right. you people in Australia. We know you're watching us. <laughs> and we have okay guys. Really quick. Sorry. This is really really. We'll we'll be short. So we have listeners from the United States, Australia, India, Canada, and Sweden. So let's go. So if that's you, thank you very much. Yes, for you guys, being awesome. you're pretty cool. Not gonna lie, you're yeah. pretty cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty gnarly. I yeah. didn't ever think that my voice would be heard in any of those places. Yeah. Really. So <laughs> hope you enjoy. Yeah. So anyway, we are this week fixing up the end of lover yeah um so i think we left off talking about how we were going to get into song of songs i also had something i wanted to talk about about it last week but i completely forgot that now so it doesn't matter but i did have an interesting conversation with one of my best friends last night which drifted into a conversation of the right way to love so i'm eager to get into that too yeah so um the big thing with beauty and why it is natural to the lover is there so like I, I think that with loving at least as a man I, I, I like romantic love only ever going to be with him so with with someone I believe to be beautiful mm-hmm. because otherwise it's just twisted <clears throat> pleasure it's use it's not like I I don't think I, I genuinely don't think that as a man I can have romantic love or eros with someone who I do not believe is beautiful. I don't necessarily mean physically. I think that's a part of it, yes, Mm -hmm. but I I, I think there's, I don't know, I don't really, beauty is one of the weirdest things, but it's 
definitely real. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think that it's so critical to our understanding of love is beauty. And so I think that's why like the lover, right, is marked by an encounter with beauty. And it may happen with a woman, but it's not about the woman. It's about God. It's about encountering mm-hmm. like the great I am mm-hmm. and that mystical presence of God. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually it ties in directly to what I wanted to talk about because uh, one of my friends who shall remain nameless um, was struggling really hard last night with uh, temptations, um, particularly you know of course towards women, and we wanted to he wanted to go on a walk and talk about it, um, and so we did, and we were kind of contemplating on ways to handle temptation, not just run away from it, because I'm not I don't know about you I don't really know I I need to read more about like what the saints say or what the church says about like. Um, facing temptation because there's a big pitfall people fall into when they think that they are strong enough to fend off satan and that's false we are weak to him the only we need god to help us um but that doesn't mean you you can't use god or through you to actually fend off these things um because i'm not convinced that the best way to handle temptation is to run away from it because i think all that means is once if i mean that does help don't get me wrong i'm not denying that like you need to, it's kind of like if you're faced with either falling or running away do whatever you need to do like right, you, that, that is 100 percent priority number one i'm speaking though in terms of like long term right like you don't want to run and hide. you don't want to run forever just so every time it finds you or catches up to you you fall every time there needs to be some level of self-ability where you can actually face it and and somehow praise God for beauty right. rather than abusing it. Because if you're just running away, that it probably means that there's still some level of attachment. Yeah, no, exactly. And so if there's some level of attachment, well, then you'll have to face it when you die at least. So yeah. you, I, I would prefer to face and, it. I mean, and when you run away, it's not like you're actually totally fleeing it. All you're really doing is postponing it. I mean, let's be honest. You're not really actually getting growing any. You're just kind of postponing when you actually do fall, which again mm-hmm. is better than just going ahead and doing it by far. Um, but what we talked about was particularly, like, particularly whenever you see like an image that tempts you. One thing that I found, uh, you know, I, I don't struggle with this as much anymore. I used to when like in high school, like most guys. Um, but the one thing I found that would help me the most was instead of like looking away, I mean, obviously if it's a terrible image, you should look away, but I'm saying like, generally speaking, if something really isn't that sexually provocative, but somehow you feel tempted anyway, um, and you start, you know, your mind starts going all kinds of places. And in my opinion, the way that I found uh, uh, what helped me was look at, like allowing myself to uh, look at the person's face mm-hmm. first. Like that's an easy thing. Start out with easy tasks, not like oh I have to completely change and not fall to this sin anymore. Okay, yes, eventually, but baby steps. Okay, so the first baby step is when you're tempted, look at their face first. Like immediately dart your eyes not away from them, but to their face. And then realize that that person has a name, realize that that person is unique, and and then you humanize them. And even if you're still tempted, what I would do next is actually, again, a quick little baby step. You know, even if I was tempted, I just force myself to say, like, thank you, God, for creating such beauty, like filling Mm -hmm. the earth with this beauty. Like, I'm glad that this beauty exists. Mm -hmm. And that actually, I built a habit out of that. Yeah. Like cultivating, like what we talked about in our warrior episode of discipline equals freedom. Yeah. Like disciplining myself to not look away, but to look directly at the yeah. person, not their body. Yeah. Um, and looking into the person rather. Um, and I found that to be incredibly beneficial. And one thing my friend and I talked about was, uh, you know, theologically, every evil thing or every bad temptation is just a perverse twisting of something that is good. Right. Fundamentally. Right. Um, so when you're looking at something and you're sexually tempted, 
that's a um, and you, and you know and it's not like your wife. Um, that's a perverse temptation, an right. evil temptation. So rather than run away, I think it would be better if you can figure out how to twist it back. You know, think about like a dish towel. You twist it. Mm-hmm. Figure out how to grab it and use God to twist it back to its original form, and right. then you'll be presented with something beautiful that you no- shouldn't look away from. That right. you should take in and behold. And that, which is femininity in its beautiful form, that you should protect. Right. And that's ultimately what theology of the body is all about. Basically, mm-hmm. is going like, not literally, but be, uh, in a certain sense, going back to the garden before there was original sin, back to original innocence. You know. Yeah. Um. And, you know, original sin is still in this world, you know, until until the second coming, right? But um, there's something true to that. And I think, so I, I, there's a couple of things that I want to say off of that. Um, one is I just finished a book on fasting this morning. <coughs> and the whole point, and it just remi- it was such a good reminder of how, how crucial it is to fast with the heart. Because if you don't fast with the heart, then fasting will be detrimental because... It won't be an act of love, but it will be a burden, right? And so ultimately, um, when we love is a spiritual reality, and so, um, and we and we it's demonstrated through this through actions and through physical things. But ultimately, love is a spiritual thing. Why? Because anything can be done in love, right? And if anything can be done in love, that means that love can't have a physical. It can be limited to to one physical thing. You know, it has to be the spiritual reality. And so um, when we, in like in an act of love, deny our fleshly desires, that's what enables purity of heart. You know, it's not a matter of punishment, but rather it's saying, I want the desires of my spirit to, to have more control over me than the desires of my flesh. And so I think also a big part of like, like the, a difference between lust and love is that lust, right, sees that which is beautiful and seeks to possess it, whereas love sees that which is beautiful and seeks to behold it, mm-hmm. right? Like, so behold, like, it, it has the word hold, so there's like a level of possession, but it's not the possession that's to do with as you please, mm-hmm. but rather the sense of cultivating and tending to. You it's, know, it's like, more like God's a parent and he's saying, hey, hold this for me. Right. Rather than you just saying, this is mine. Right. And, 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 and I think, like, beholding is the only way you can truly possess beauty. Mm. Because, like, you know, like, I, there's a quote from Prince of Egypt, Prince of Egypt uh, when the burning bush goes to Muslim, and, and you hear God say, behold my wonder. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you're beholding, and that, that, that's what experiencing beauty is beholding. Because... You have to possess beauty in a certain sense to experience it, but it's also not yours, so you're beholding it. And I think that's the only, really the only way that you could actually do that. <coughs> and so I think that that's why the church in her wisdom ca- calls us to fast. Not because, you know, physical things are bad, not because any of these, like, or because we have to, all that stuff. No, because we, human beings, are so good that in order to properly see each other, Fasting helps us to properly see each other and have that pure of heart, purity of heart. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and so like, um, even so, today is the Happy Memorial Saint Francis, everybody. Um, today is the Memorial Saint Francis of Assisi, and uh, I'm reminded of something that he did when he experienced lustful temptations. He threw himself in a thorn bush, you know. But I think that it, we can too quickly 
view that as him running away of like, no, get this off. But in reality, what he was doing was he was confronting it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, no, this must stop now. Boom. You know? Because running away from it would mean going to a crowd of people and distracting himself. You know, let's say you're studying, okay? Oh, don't don't bother me now, lustful desires. I'm going to do my homework, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, don't bother me right now. I'm going to go talk to these people. You know, and it, sometimes it works in the certain sense of you don't do it in that moment. But ultimately, you're running... Wh- you're, why are you doing it? Because you're f- afraid of falling. Mm-hmm. You know, not because you don't want to necessarily, but because you're afraid of it. Yeah. No, exactly. And that's actually what we touched on last night, my friend and I, because we were talking about... Um, th- that's what we, we really touched into was fear and being afraid of being uh, being afraid of being tempted um because we know we're not capable of fending it off which i get it it's not really it doesn't really come from us so of course there's going to be a level of fear but really i would rather fear god than temptation not not and i don't mean that like oh i don't fear being afraid let me be tempted no not like that but what i was focusing on was we we talked about the concept of spiritual training wheels where Mm -hmm. the devil can exploit pretty much anything to make you fall and one of the easiest things to exploit is anger Mm -hmm. i think he was talking to me about how um i forget which person he cited but someone he was reading mentioned how um anger um it, it can be just but ninety percent of the time we don't use it so mm-hmm. we use it unjustly. However, Saint Francis de Sales says that. Okay, maybe that's who he was Saint talking Francis about. Saint Francis de Sales basically says that, like, <laughs> like, basically, just don't kid yourself. Mm-hmm. It's probably for bad reasons. Yeah. Um, purifier. <laughs> Anyways, continue. Sorry. Well, well, the reason the thing we like we're trying to think about, we never really came to a definitive conclusion. But the thing I proposed was, what if you could figure out how to make yourself uh, get mad at being tempted? Mm-hmm. Like, if if you could really practice that, and whenever you fe- experience sexual temptation, rather than being afraid of, oh no, he's gonna get me again, and I have to go to confession again, rather think of it like, like wh- how dare you? Like, you know, like come into here my house to, on this day yeah. and try and tempt me you know like I think if we could become agitated at the process of being tempted and I think that that's possible if we really try um, we can become so agitated at the being tempted that that actually might psychologically break us out of falling into it because mm. we'll associate it with a negative feeling rather than a good feeling yeah. um, I think that's possible I, I feel in my gut that yeah. probably is what, what my friend brought up um, as, a, as, a, as a warning was well you, you, know, you might just be trading one sin for another um, in the sense that you don't want to have become you, know, mm-hmm. you don't want to cultivate anger you really don't want to do that that could be dangerous and we agreed on that but one thing we thought was yeah but what if because human beings are imperfect you could use, use it like a training wheel mm-hmm. and when you get to a point where you don't struggle with temptation as much because you get agitated and angry well then I don't know about you but I would imagine that handling t- anger is a lot easier than handling lustful temptation mm-hmm. in my opinion probably well so I, I think you're on to something I want to say something, though, because I think it's important that we don't actually view any emotion as negative. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as we start viewing emotions as negative, we start correlating it with sin. Mm-hmm. And anger is not a sin, right? Well, that's why I've said, like, it's not, but we use it as such 90% of the time. Right. I think because the, the anger, like, ultimately, what is, a, like, anger, aggression, right, that kind of stuff, what does it do? It's It, it spurs us to action, okay? Mm-hmm. And so... And we can either be spurred to virtuous action or be spurred to vi- to vicious action. Yeah. And so I think that 
like I, I really like that actually, but now I don't think it's a, much, a matter of being angry at being tempted, mm-hmm. but rather like ultimately lust is disordered is trying to disorder something, and so especially like if you if if the devil's trying to disorder your your perception of yourself mm-hmm. and degrade you, or if the devil is trying to degrade another human being, mm-hmm. be angry that he's attacking someone's dignity. Yeah. Like saying, how dare you even suggest that I am any less valuable than what the father has told me? Yeah. How dare you suggest that that person is any less valuable than what the father has said? Yeah. You and know, that, that would be totally righteous anger. Just and like that's that. righteous anger. And ultimately, yeah. like what, what's happening is you're no longer because the, 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 the trick with not falling into temptation, especially that kind of temptation, is to break out of that feedback loop mm-hmm. where you're no longer thinking about like the 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 you know masturbation product whatever it is like you're no longer thinking about that either doing it or not doing it mm. yeah because ultimately the more you think about it the more likely it is that you're going to do it yeah right so i think instead of saying like how dare you tempt me mm-hmm. rather say how dare you try to defile me uh, how yeah. dare you try to defile this person because mm-hmm. now what you're doing is you're refocusing on the person you're becoming person-oriented, not experience-oriented. Yeah. And that was the whole reality of the cowboy. Mm-hmm. Is because the devil, like, like lust, he's trying to, to play off the lover as just, but like, he's trying to play off the cowboy as the lover. Yeah. Right? But in reality, no, the cowboy remains. That is a person, and I don't care about the experience. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I am person-oriented, not experience I really like that, too, because that's something we talked about in the podcast before, is our culture is totally obsessed and drunk on experience. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what everyone seems to think is that, you know, it's kind of like Epicureanism, almost, mm-hmm. which I was just reading about that. I didn't know what it was until recently, but it's one of the more prominent um, uh, Greek philosophies, which basically uh, advocates for... Um, giving in to temptations, but moderately, mm-hmm. whatever the freak that means. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, I mean, I read a lot about it. I don't want to get into it, but um, basically from what I get the idea, like the, got the idea from that is that that seems to be a lot of our modern thought of, well, as long as you don't, you know, do anything to a completely unhealthy degree, or as long as you don't hurt anyone else. And they define hurt as like usually only physical, physical hurt. hurt. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, I, and I don't like that. I think, but I think that um, I like what you said about switching from being experience oriented to person oriented, mm-hmm. um, because it seems like people claim to be, they claim to be person oriented, but really they are crafting their persona or other people's personas off of experience, right? Um, and kind of trying to use experience as this matter from which to create life, mm-hmm. and it just doesn't work. Yeah, and I think also to, to tag along with this is it's it's also crucial that you don't like pretend to be person oriented under the guise of a of fear mm-hmm. or like you, you, because like no sorry that you don't act out of fear under the guise of being person oriented mm-hmm. because so you know bef- prior when I when I would struggle with this kind of stuff um I would like I would be tempted and it was usually I, I felt myself just kind of being closed in on and I would think of someone that I loved and say no like I can't do this to them no but all of a sudden I've I've gone from attack like why am I on the defensive mm-hmm. I can't do this to some to this person mm-hmm. it's like wait but you, you haven't Not, literally nothing has happened mm-hmm. stop freaking out dude like yeah. you know what I mean like just see how he he gets you he almost he practically gets you a 
I, I, the devil wins when he gets you to assume that you've already done it, basically. When yeah. you've already done something wrong. Yeah. When he gets you to be ashamed of literally nothing or be afraid of literally nothing. Because mm-hmm. as soon as that happens, then that's when the battle is lost. Mm-hmm. You know, Now you're going to go downhill and you're probably going to fall to sin. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole reality is like, uh, you know, like St. Paul says in Romans, like, um, if God is for us, who could be against us? Like, what do I have to fear? Mm-hmm. You know, then that's the reality of being fighting in the kingdom of like in God's army is for the kingdom of heaven is you're fighting. You, you, you have to have, especially as a man, you have to have aggression of say like, screw you. How dare you try to defile? Yeah. You know, like, well, I mean, that's what, um, I forget which saint said it. There are two quotes I'm thinking of. One was, um, <gasps> keep going, one keep was going, like the, the devil cannot stand direct, open, truthful confrontation, like calling him out. Um, and he also cannot stand mockery. I've, yeah. heard, I've heard that latter quote more often. Um, so I was watching uh, a video. There's this music video that's kind of popular right now uh, by Lil Nas X, who y'all know who he is. If you don't, don't worry about it. Um, but he has this uh, music video. Um, and it actually ties into Lover because it's a total perverse mm-hmm. image of the lover. He has this song called Montero which is basically a retelling of uh, creation and, and damnation. And yeah. he, he has his version of Adam and Eve in the garden where he's just by himself in the garden playing his guitar. And then this serpent version of himself comes out. Everyone in the music video is played by himself. It's like total self, self-obsession. And he's in the garden and the serpent version of himself comes out and tempts him and like sleeps with him, um, like himself. And then he finds himself like in chains being judged by like what seems to be like the... Um, mm-hmm. like the angels air quote which are also played by himself and then he's like killed with some kind of object and then uh, he's like ascending towards heaven and there's like an angel that doesn't have a face so it's like the only thing in the video that's not him yeah and he's rising towards heaven and then all of a sudden a, uh, like a pole shoots up from the ground which he grabs onto and dances like a stripper down into hell yeah. When he reaches, wow. and it, sh- it shows him descending into hell, and then he walks in, t- and he's singing at this point. He walks into a giant flaming castle, which is Satan's throne, and as he walks in, he says, "The lyrics are whatever you want or whatever you call, I'll drop and, and I'll be yeah. there." And when he walks in, there's Satan, literally in the music video, Satan sitting on his throne, who he then walks up to and gives a lap dance to. He like lap dances Satan. So weird. Yeah, and gives like all these sexual favors to Satan. And then he leans behind him, cracks Satan's neck, and takes his crown and puts it on himself. It's so bizarre. Yeah, but but what's so perverse about that? Um, I'm mean, for not for if it's not obvious already, mm-hmm. um, is that it's a total twisting of the lover. Mm-hmm. It's t- complete self worship, complete self obsession. Yeah. Um, but instead of trying to make yourself God, which he really is trying to do, it show he's aware that he's actually making himself Satan, and he still wants it. It's it's really it's sad. So bizarre. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but you know, I, I I watched that video and it's actually super popular right now. Has millions of views. What's really disturbing, and not to go on too much of a rant about this guy, he he's not just doing this uh, now. He's doing it after he cultivated a following of children. So this guy, after his famous song "Old Town Road," uh, did tours at elementary schools and wrote a children's book called Old Town Road, and he appeared on Sesame Street with Elmo, and he said on NPR like a month or two ago that children are his core audience, and then this video comes out. 
That's disgusting. Yeah, and people, some people put, like, very little, though, which is shocking and sad. Very few people push back against him. Um, and when he heard, um, he was on, like, some podcast with someone, and they brought up the fact that a lot of parents were upset. He basically, he, you know what he literally said? He, he leaned into the microphone and said, F your kids, I don't care. Um, and it was just so messed up. But I, I went to the comments section on the video, hoping that, you know... So, so the, the people out there would not be so duped by this. Right. And every single comment was positive, talking about how badass it was and how awesome it was and how much they loved it and how much it spoke to them. Oh, wow. And I, 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 I spent like 30 minutes scrolling through the comments. I did not find one negative comment. I just don't understand. What does the, the world come to? I know. It's, it's so shocking like how Satan actually becomes more bold. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just... It's, it's crazy. But anyway, what made me think of that was the fact of how that actually almost exemplifies the process of, like, uh, the household from beloved son to cowboy yeah. to warrior to lover to king. Yeah. That ends with him putting on the crown. Yeah. But, like, in a complete inverse twist way. way. Yeah. And I think also, like, it's interesting because, <coughs> like, the culmination of warrior is beloved son. No, sorry. The culmination of beloved son and cowboy is warrior and lover. Mm-hmm. So, like both you know because i think that like the warrior the false warrior is like basically like i think it is almost it's almost like uh like you you can you can make yourself feel like a war like okay uh video games right Mm -hmm. that's cowboy all day but it makes you feel like a warrior because you're conquesting yeah you know what i mean you're 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 beating the enemy you're defeat you're defeating you're you're defending Mm -hmm. all that stuff um and but it's a false warrior and yeah. i think also the lover is also can be the false cow like is is the the false lover can be the cowboy as well yeah. and, and i think it's just a reality and so i just want to like i think we're going to close but i just want to close like just to emphasize how all of the stages while one may be like more prevalent at a time are also crucial to each other um so this is david okay king david right um, who's our patron for lover mm-hmm. and the psalm writer. Um, and this is when David defeats Goliath, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, oh, man, okay. Mm-hmm. So the Philistines started walking toward David, and he said to David, what's that stick for? You think I'm a dog? And he called down curses from his God on David. Come on, he challenged David, and I will give your body to the birds and animals to eat. David answered, you are coming against me with sword, spear, and javelin. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the Israelite armies, which you have defied. This very day the Lord will put you in my power. I will defeat you and cut off your head. And I will give the bodies of the Philistine soldiers to the birds and animals to eat. Then the whole world will know that Israel has a God. And everyone here will see that the Lord does not need swords or spears to save his people. He is victorious in battle, and he will put all of you in your power. And then he goes up Rex Goliath, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, I just love that so much. Mm-hmm. Like, The confidence in the face of evil. Yeah, and, and, and that's the reality is, like, the, the only way to lover, can, the only way you can truly love mm-hmm. um, is if you're <laughs> able to fight the fight. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? knowing, knowing who's named you. Like, that, that's what's important is that's what I kept thinking about. Because I forgot to mention the title of that song is called Call Me By Your Name. And he, that's what he's singing to Satan is Call Me By Your Name. 
whatever you want, I'll drop it and be there. Like that's what he's singing to Satan, um, in the in the in the music video. Mm-hmm. But that's what's interesting is God call, God calls us by our name, mm-hmm. and so it's like it, the confidence in the face of evil is knowing that you've been called by your name, yeah. that you've been named, that Israel has a God, that you have a God, that you have a Father. Right, and, and and he says, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God yeah. of Israel. You know what I mean? So I think that's the whole reality is like the crucial thing, which we keep coming back to always and forever, mm-hmm. is beloved son. Like the only way you can really fight the fight is if you know who you are and who your father is. The only way you can really love, right, is if you're able to fight the fight and know who you are and who your father is and your desires are properly ordered in all these things. So I think that in reality, like that's the big takeaway is mm-hmm. like, the only way you can really love and behold beauty is if you're able to restrain your hands from clenching and crushing the butterfly that's in your hands. Yep. You know, like you have to be able to first desire mm-hmm. beauty, you know, desire that which is good, but also control yourself so that way it doesn't consume you and seduce yep. you. But rather like in a certain sense, it, it, no, rather it captivates you and edifies you and yeah. builds you up and inspires you. Yep. Um, um, he has a tour in 10 minutes and I have class in 10 minutes. So we yeah. might, we might want to wrap this up. Yeah. So, so that is that, um, go do all the things and yep. don't be a false lover. Yeah. And we'll see you next week for probably King or, yeah. we, we, oh, we might do another one. We might do another in between, but, um, yeah. Okay. Peace out. Girl Scout. Love you. Bye.